Nation, you're listening to the official Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm your host and operating partner of Guns Up Nation, John Darden, alongside the creator, the legend for a dozen years, the man himself, Michael Cole. Today's guest absolutely needs no big introduction. In one year, one season, this guy became literally a Texas Tech legend in one year kind of ushering in this new era of collegiate athletics where transfer comes in makes a huge impact in just one year but not only has Matt Mooney made a big not only did he make a big impact on the court and for Texas Tech for years to come as we continue to build off of what he and the rest of the crew did in 2019 2018 2019 But also, Matt continues to make an impact in Lubbock, in our community, in the communities that he is part of. And we'll talk about that more later. But I've already said his name, so let's just go ahead and officially welcome to the Guns Up Nation podcast, the one and only Matt Mooney. Welcome to the show. Those are some kind words, man. Thank you. It's all true, dude. It's all true. Do you feel that like in one year, when, when you came to Tech from South Dakota, right, did you realize that in one year you could have such a huge impact on this community? No, I had no idea. Um, I mean, obviously I had dreams of, my dreams were NCAA tournament because that's what, at South Dakota, we always came up short. Like, doesn't really matter what you do in the season. It's three-game season. At the end of the, of the year, you got to win your conference tournament. And uh, we had some tough losses, and you know, buzzer beaters in the conference tournament to get to the, NCAA. So I came to Tech like, hey, man, I just want to play on a big stage and play in the tournament. And, uh, you know, we ended up going all the way, almost going all the way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we did go all the way. Just. Yeah. We got there. We just didn't finish it off. Uh, just one <clears throat> jump shot in the corner. That still, that still hurts my heart. That, that, was, that was a painful one. But it's okay. We'll talk more about the National Championship game later. What are you up to right now? Why are you in Lubbock? What's going on? Yeah, so right now I'm actually uh, I'm here because I'm running a camp next week, fourth annual camp. Uh, I didn't know that I'd be doing it every year when I started doing it, but um, I love it, man. So right now I'm coming back from my camp. This year is going to be a four-day camp, uh, but you know I was just telling you my sister actually lives here in Lubbock now. She goes to, to Tech, uh, convinced her to go all the way from Chicago down here to Tech, and she loves it. Uh, and then just when I come in town, I always get some great work in at the, at the new Womble facility and I just try to network and, um, I'm working on what we'll discuss later in the pod, hopefully just a startup company as well. So just tons of stuff I can be doing down here and, you know, and I, I love it down here. You're, you're a, a businessman. You, you think big picture, you understand the networking side, what doors have opened for you because of your relationship and experience at tech? Yeah, I mean, so with my startup company that I'm working on, uh, coming down here, this is where I have my network to, to talk to some guys about potentially investing in what I got going on. Uh, my camp, every year I get to come down here and run a camp and I get a ton of kids and um, a ton of sponsors uh, like yourself who want to support what I'm doing. Um, and then it's just, uh, you know, my foundation that I, that I started, um, you know, it hasn't grown a whole lot, but 
I got guys plugged in down here where we try to mentor uh, kids spiritually, but also provide free workouts and training for them. So just, I mean, when I came here, I didn't realize the, uh, you know, the, the amount of love and support I would be, be shown. And I just, I appreciate that so much. And that's why I love coming back here. And I'm even looking into getting a place here and maybe moving down here next summer. So you mentioned your foundation. Tell, tell Red Raider Nation about that. What, what is that? Yeah, that's, it's called the 318 Foundation. And uh, so when I first got out of college, I was like, all right, Lord, you've given me a small platform. What do you want me to do with it? And it, uh, you know, it just kind of evolved to where he, he just said, you know, and I felt like, all right, I, I don't need to be starting a foundation. Um, and God said, you know, just God said to me, no, like, uh, it's not about you. It's about, it's about the Lord. And 31.8 is because it's, it's based on two verses, Deuteronomy 31.8, Proverbs 31.8. And, you know, those two verses both tie into, have had a huge impact on, on my life and guided me throughout my life, but also, uh, you know, Proverbs 31.8 is speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. So I just think a lot about kids who didn't have the resources I had growing up, didn't have, you know, a father who was with them in the gym all the time working with them. And, um, you know, my my dad passed a year and a half ago. Uh, so it's also a way to honor my dad and give back to the Lord and the talents that he's blessed me with. So we just want to we want to mentor kids and, you know, through the foundation, we pay, uh, you know, player development guys in, in Lubbock and South Dakota and then in Chicago to work kids out for free. And but tied in with that is just we're going to have a little discussion before the workout. And after the workout, we're going to pray together and we're going to try to, you know, show you guys that, uh, you know, it's fun. It's cool to follow Jesus. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. That's awesome. That's hitting me. That's hitting hitting me in the feels. Good. And and I, I but I think that's part of why Lubbock and Texas Tech has so much love for you too. Is is that it, it is much more than just on the basketball court. Um, I feel like I feel like we can go deep here a little bit. Can we? Let's go deep. This is an unscripted conversation today, which just kills Mike, the planner <laughs> over there, because he needs a I script. Need structure. He needs structure, and and we, we don't have that today. Uh, I, I was watching a, a Stephen Furtick clip the other day, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the danger of following your passion, because following your passion, you get too wrapped up into your feelings and sometimes your feelings lie to you, but instead identifying what your purpose is and then your passion can link up with your purpose. Mm -hmm. You obviously are very passionate about basketball. Yep. What is your purpose? What is Matt Mooney's purpose? Yeah, I think God has given us all different gifts and talents and it's, um, you know, to use those talents to build the kingdom, to build God's kingdom. So for whatever reason, God has given me, you know, a gift to play basketball and all right, so what do I do with that gift? And, um, you know, that's where the foundation comes in. That's where when I get on teams where, you know, a lot of guys aren't, aren't, you know, doing the right things and might not have had great guidance. It's like, Hey guys, um, you know, let's, let's get together once a week and, and talk about and, and read through some scripture and talk and just try to become better men. Like when I'm in Chicago, uh, I get some guys together once a week on Wednesdays just for a men's group. 
And I'm no, I'm no scholar, Bible scholar by any means, but it's just, we're just trying to become better men and, and, you know, um, do things differently than the world. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, um, I mean, it's a tough time. And right now you see how kind of crazy the world is getting with some of their ideas and what they're teaching kids. And, uh, you know, God's way, like I thought when I, when I gave my life to Christ, which when I gave my life to Christ was years ago, but since then I've been, I've been living in sin. I've been doing some things and that I shouldn't, I got baptized two months ago. Um, but when I, when I gave my life to Christ, it was like, dang, this is going to be boring. But, you know, I got to live this holy lifestyle. But it's like, wait a sec. No, God calls us to do amazing things. And uh, his way is actually the most fulfilling way. Mm-hmm. You know, John ten ten, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and life to the fullest mm-hmm. extent. So I've really experienced that. And my relationships are awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to grow every day. So can, can we take this piece and link it back to your your team when you were here at tech was did did you find yourself kind of having that role with the team of uh, not not their not the shepherd of the team mm-hmm. but like a a positive guiding force uh, spiritually yes but then also um, in other ways that that bled out onto the court does that question make sense? Yeah, and I would say I think I failed at that when I was here at Tech. I tried, but I failed. Like I was, uh, I mean, it, it, there's a lot, there's a lot of temptation um, when I was when I was here at Tech, just to be straight up. Ain't nobody uh, perfect. <laughs> Ain't nobody perfect. You're sitting next to two very unperfect dudes here. <laughs> well, maybe Mike is, but I'm not. that's that's what qualifies us as Christians. We're imperfect, man. So. Uh, I mean, I tried to, um, I tried to be a good example and uh, a leader for those guys at Tech, uh, and that was something that you know Coach Beard at the time was really pushing me to be was a leader, and it was hard for me uh, coming in right away just because it's like I feel like these guys don't respect me until I prove myself on the court. Mm-hmm. So later in the year, it was much easier to 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 speak up and to lead, and uh, you know, as I got to know the guys, to lead off the court, but basketball I mean I see it a lot in the locker room with guys is guys really just try to fit in and um you you gotta kind of live up to this certain culture like there's a basketball culture you know there's the uh it's just um it's just there's a certain culture like how you act what you wear how you you know you know how you go about your business and um you know, and I think that's that's a lot of athletes in general. A lot of athletes feel like, uh, you know, big egos and stuff like that. And I, I kind of gave into that. And then I think later on in my college career, I just started being who I was. Mm-hmm. God wanted me to be and just not trying to fit in, just be me and be real. And um, I feel, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a lot better doing it that way. I want to come back to the team yeah, that you were sorry, on later. I'm I'm going on tangents. No, this is good. This is what we want. Like, I mean, you're, you know, you mentioned being authentic and that's what we want. And, and we talked about this on the, on the elevator, elevator ride up the one floor. Uh, And that's what we're trying to do here too. Like what's our, what's, what's our voice? What are we here for? What is our purpose? Like we have a passion for guns up nation, but what is our purpose? What are we here to do? What good can we bring? Yeah. Um, you, 
your evolution from Texas Tech, and I'll, again, we'll come back to the 2018-2019 team in a minute. You, you graduate, you go undrafted, you go on a journey. Tell us about that journey from, from being undrafted to what, where you're headed a week from now. Yeah. Well, I've been, uh, I mean, I've played for, I don't know, since, since uh, Texas Tech, I played for seven, eight different teams, played for a lot of different teams. And, uh, you know, it's just been a grind. Like, it's just, when I was here back in the day, we used to say the secret's in the dirt. And it's just like whatever you want to get to and accomplish, you just got to dig for it. It's in the dirt. You got to dig for it. So it's just continuously working hard. And, um, you know, when I left Tech, I knew I probably wasn't going to get drafted. But the only reason I even got a chance in the NBA is because of the run we made the exposure we got on that run. And I, I don't get a shot at the league without that. And, um, you know, when I was at South Dakota, I was I was a scorer. And I came here and they molded me into more of a point guard. And, you know, Coach Adams got me playing defense. And uh, now I had a chance to play in the league because a 6'3 white guy, the first thing they're going to think is, oh, this guy can't guard. Right. Well, <laughs> they can't, can't they, do much, right? They, they turned me into a defender. Yeah. So Coach Adams especially turned me into a defender. So – now I had a shot and I got a bunch of NBA workouts. I had 12 NBA workouts. So I was flying city to city and um, some really cool experiences, like, you know, working out for Larry Bird and Michael Jordan and, you know, just wow. some, some legends and uh, getting some good feedback. And uh, so anyways, I, I went to Memphis. I played summer league Atlanta. Then I went to Memphis for training camp. And uh, that was a great experience. Played well, got cut, played on their G League team. And then in and, – and I was playing playing pretty well in the G League. We were in the number one G League team at the time. We were pretty loaded. Dusty Hannes, who used to be here at Texas Tech. Guy can shoot the leather off the ball. <laughs> uh, shout out to Dusty. He's, we still stay in touch. Um, but we had, we had some great players, and uh, we were stacked. So we were the best team in the G League, and I was starting point guard on that team and playing pretty well. And it was in January, January 15th, um, it was the deadline, but I got the call on uh, January 13th. And this is a God thing here. I'll just to touch on this briefly. I got a call from my dad who was living in Cleveland at the time. And, you know, my dad had cancer, um, but he calls me and he says, Matt, I'm, I'm literally walking down the street in Memphis to go to the Grizzlies Rockets game. Because as a G League guy, we get tickets to all the games. And my dad calls me. He says, Matt, he said, man, it's uh, my cancer spreading. It's not looking good. And this was like the worst I had ever heard my dad. He was, you know, my dad was Superman to me, right? So he sounds really down. And um, get off the phone. And I'm just sitting there on the curb thinking like, wow, like I might lose my dad. And it just really kind of hit home. And within 30 minutes, I got a call from my agent. My agent says, first of all, first thing my agent says to me is, he said, hey, Matt, this, he likes to do this stuff. He's like, I regret to inform you, you're no longer with the Memphis Hustle. And because that was the G League team. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, what do, you, what do you mean? He's like, pack your bags, you're heading to Cleveland. They just uh, signed you on a, on a well, two-way contract. Uh, so uh, then I got to be with my dad. Yeah. Um, he got to you know, come to my, my first NBA game and mm -hmm. see my first bucket and I got to be with him for the for the end of his special his life there. So 
Yeah, it was. It was. Um, yeah, it was. It was a God thing for sure. So, anyways, I'm, I'm going on and on here, but uh, no, please keep going. Yeah. So Cleveland and COVID hits. Uh, so we had that whole time period. I go back to training camp in Cleveland the next year, and don't play great in preseason or don't play good enough. Get cut. Go to Toronto for the G League bubble. Played pretty well. Was in the mix for some ten days. Didn't get them. End up getting shoulder surgery last summer. Came back way too early. Played with the Jazz and summer league. You know I couldn't shoot, so I, it just um, it kind of messed me up this past season a little bit. Just not being able to shoot the ball. And uh, so this last year is just trying to get healthy and play G League with this expansion team, the Mexico City Capitanes. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, pardon me, I got. Signed by a 10-day by the Knicks in uh, December. They let me go. Then they brought me back a day later for another 10-day. And I didn't. I never really played. Played two minutes uh, for the Knicks. So that was confusing, but great experience. And then after that, it's like, all right, um, maybe try this overseas thing. So finish up the season in Spain. And now this offseason, I've just been working on some other things, just getting healthy, really, and uh, just started getting back in the gym and, Heading to Germany in a week. What a story. What a story, dude. Didn't even start from the beginning. I yeah. mean, from <laughs> Illinois, right? Yeah. To South Dakota. Well, yeah. and where were you before South Dakota? You were in... Uh, I was at Air Force. Uh, Air Force, oh, that's right. right. Yeah. 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 Left that out, so... So, I mean, gosh, there's so much to unpack in there. I have so many questions. <laughs> we can't turn I won't this into answer a as long. Hour. Go ahead. I won't well, long no, answers. no, no, no. <laughs> we appreciate the long answers because, uh, and I appreciate you sharing sharing some of that with your dad. I mean, I, yeah. I that's Mike said that's special. And well, it had to be a very hard time for you. I mean, being away from him, I'm sure you wanted to be around him during that time and. It was it was really hard, yeah. Uh, Can't because because if I wasn't playing in Cleveland, I wouldn't have been able to be with my dad as he was right. going through his treatment and yeah. really needed some some support. So like that whole that whole COVID period, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't doing great, but I was with the Cavs, yeah. so I was in Cleveland working out, and I would go get to see him every day. Mm. So grateful for that. Yeah, and and. <clears throat> how all that falls into place, you know, how, how, it, whatever your bent is towards how, how that happens. Coincidence. No, no. <laughs> well, the, the thing is when I, I had my pre-draft workout in Cleveland, I had the best pre-draft workout. I mean, we played live and I, I missed one shot. I think I was, I never, I was 12 for 13. I was really, really good. They did not have a second round pick, but they had, you know, they were super interested, and I got out of that workout. My dad picked me up from the facility because, uh, obviously, he was there. I said, Dad, I just had the best. If, if anybody picks me, it's going to be Cleveland. Mm. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I ended up going to starting off in Memphis, and then they come back, came back around. Yeah. So, but that's kind of why, uh, yeah, you never know how something you do is going to impact you later later on. Mm-hmm. Um. But that was, I think, why they ended up coming back around to me. Well, that's a that's a really good word of, you know, you you miss one shot. You said you had a killer workout, just killed it. They don't draft you. 
you could get down on that. You'd be super disappointed about that, or they don't pick you up, and it didn't work out the way that you wanted it to go. But you buried your head in your work, did your thing, and and then the perfect thing happened at the right time for you. That's powerful. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. I uh, I I can't imagine the mental roller coaster and journey that you had to go on during that time. But being a man of faith, I'm sure that's that that's the foundation of what keeps you grounded in the midst of all of that. For sure. So you're headed to Germany. Yep, heading to Germany, play for Chemnitz Niners. Chemnitz Niners. Yep. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to the coach a couple times, and, uh, you know, he seems to, to really like me, and you know, he keeps telling me I'm not going to have any regrets going over there because I'm not super high on going to Europe. I finished the season in Spain, and it was, uh, you know, I'd much rather be playing here, but right now the opportunities aren't here, so got to go across the pond, and a lot of people don't realize, I mean, it is, um, it's not easy playing overseas, especially if, because I don't have a family, you know, I have a I have a girlfriend, but I don't have, uh, she's not going to be coming with me and I don't have kids. And so you're kind of isolated. Um, oftentimes you're isolated. You're alone in another country. You can't speak the language, time zone difference. So it's, and it's long, it's a long season. So if things aren't going well on the court, then off the court, it's, it's usually about the, you know, pretty much the same. Yeah. Like if, if you're not around, you know, your people and, and if things aren't going well on the court, it's probably going to be difficult off the court. And uh, you just got to be careful where you go in Europe because you make a wrong move or a coach kind of screws you over. It really affects your career. So I just want to be really careful before I went. And How can Guns Up Nation then support you in that? How, how, can, how can Red Raider Nation, while you're overseas, and, and you know you talk about no families going with you, um, some some potential isolation moments, right? Like, what right. can Red Raider Nation do to support you come this season? <laughs> you guys come to some games, man. I got <laughs> okay, let's two, go. Two bedroom apartment, so <laughs> got an extra bedroom for you guys. Uh, no, man, just I I don't know. I mean, the people I know reach out and we'll we'll stay in touch and find times to talk to each other, just catch up, and the support on social media is great. I was about to ask that. Does that of reaching out from the fans and you know yeah does that help does yeah that- I pre I always appreciate that I mean the people down here this is what makes Lubbock so great is just the people yeah. and the support and just the love and the encouragement that they continually show and I mean it's been a couple of years since that national championship game and people still show love and support and are just you know good good kind people that I enjoy interacting with. Yeah. So it helps for sure. Yeah. Man, 40 years from now, people are going to talk about that game. I mean, is, is that is that weird to think about? Like 40 years from now, your team is not going to be forgotten. Like there, there are teams in all schools and professionally that nobody remembers anything about that crew. 40, 50 years from now, Nobody is forgetting your name. Nobody is forgetting that team. I don't know if nobody, but no, that is cool. I mean, we left a legacy. We, we, you know, we, I think we 
achieved, almost achieved our full potential. Mm-hmm. Like everything we could have as a team, you know, we almost achieved it. And I mean, what makes it so fun is just the community that was behind us, mm-hmm. the support coming back, winning games in the tournament, coming back and everybody's outside, you know, just like banging on the bus and cheering and like, you know, you can't even get off the bus. It's like, I mean, it was fun. It was really fun. So can we dive into that year a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So going, going back to the one year that you were here at Tech, if you could pinpoint one thing, moment, feeling, whatever that overwhelmingly stands out to you from that season, what would it be? Okay, so one moment, I would say uh, definitely that Michigan State game, Final Four. You know, I actually had a moment in a, in a timeout where I, uh, well, it's kind of a, long, a longer story. But Tell the, it. Tell the, the story, man. We got time. Let me tell the story. Well, so that game, okay, so leading up to that game, right, this is the biggest game of my career, and this is another God thing. So this is kind of stories that uh, – you know, have really, I look back and it's like, all right, God, I see you working. Like, I can't be doubting you now. Um, so leading up to that game, biggest game of my career, biggest game of any of our careers playing in Final Four, I had, uh, you know, a mentor of mine reach out to me on Wednesday leading up to the game. And he just said, hey, Matt, remember the verse Joshua 1-9, which is heaven I commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. The Lord is with you wherever you go. I'm like, all right, cool. That's a great verse. Like, I'll be thinking about that. The next day, I had this woman reach out to me, and she just, like, texts me verses. Honestly, I don't even know who she is. She just got my number. She texts me verses every now and then. She texts me Joshua 1-9. The day before the game, we're, we're practicing in uh, this, I think it's St. Thomas or somewhere in Minneapolis. And this guy was walking in, and on the back of his helmet, he had the verse little cross player was walking in the gym. He had the verse Joshua one nine. So that's three days in a row. So I'm like, all right, God, what are you, what are you trying to tell me here? And, uh, the day of the game, I'm reading my devotional. The verse of the day was Joshua one nine. I've told this, told the story a lot, but it was crazy, man. <laughs> crazy. So we're going to that game and, you know, Jarrett was struggling. Uh, Moretti was struggling. You know, it had been 10 minutes in. I hadn't done anything. And, those games, those big games are tough because it's like you have to, you have to, there's a fine line between asserting yourself and letting the game come to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm trying to kind of let the game come, but I'm not asserting myself. And it's like 10 minutes and Beard's ripping me like, are you going to show up? And we're sitting in the timeout and I, I had written that verse in my, my, on my shoe, Joshua 1 9. I just like started thinking on that verse and just felt, you know, I just felt the Holy Spirit and uh, I was like, all right, man, it's time to go do this thing. And came out the the timeout, hit a three, you know, got in the lane, hit a little floater and played played well that game. And probably the one moment was when I hit that deep three and Izzo called the timeout and I just kind of went back and like just really felt the crowd. That was the coolest, that's the coolest moment of my life right, right there. So, man, uh, so I was, I, was at the final four and I, I just remember screaming and going so ballistic with the crew that we, we were with. I got so dizzy. I had to sit down. Like I thought <laughs> I was going to pass out. <laughs> it was such a huge moment. 
And that, man, Joshua won nine over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. So you can't explain that any other way. It's crazy. Right. So let's, and thank you for sharing that story. Let's reflect on the season as a whole. You come to Tech. Let's actually go back to that. Why did you choose? I know you've been asked this question before. You've answered it before. But answer it again. And maybe since we're being very candid, if there's any piece of it that, of the story that maybe you've never told, why did you choose to come here? What ultimately brought you to Texas Tech? The answer to that, you guys might not like because the guy's no longer here. Um, Say it. But that was a big part of it, was to come and play for Coach Beard and, and his staff. You know, I loved Coach Adams on my visit. Uh, you know, and the the other thing is I love the, the crowd, like the fan base. That was my, my dream growing up. I grew up in Illinois, and I watched U of I play in the uh, national title in 2005. Yep. They had D. Brown, Luther Head, Darren Williams, Roger Powell, James Augustine. I still remember the starting five. Yeah, uh, so... I remember watching those guys, and I was just like, I always wanted to play at U of I. That was my dream. I wanted to play Division One ball, big crowds. And at South Dakota, we didn't really have that. It was more once a year when we'd play South Dakota State was our rival, and we would play in front of a big crowd. And that's just what I wanted, man. That was a dream. So coming, getting a chance to play high major, I knew, like, all right, I'm going to go somewhere where they have good crowds, hopefully, and playing a big-time league and big-time venues. And they're sending me – Coach Berg was always sending me videos of the the, the crowds and the swag surf. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is cool. Yeah. Uh, he's now at Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. But so that was a huge part of it, just the fan base. And then obviously I loved, uh, I wanted to play for Coach Beard. And then it was something I prayed about. And I was, I couldn't really explain it, but I was like, all right, I got to go to Texas Tech. Northwestern was close to home. A lot of people were pressuring me to go there. Creighton was close to my old school, and they played a system that was really good for me coming from South Dakota. They just want to give me the ball and, and let me play the same role. Texas Tech made no sense, but I just felt like it was the right move. I can only speak for myself here in response to you saying we might not like the reason. That doesn't bother me at all. I I like... Obviously, that is such a polarizing conversation for Texas Tech, and yeah. and and I think it makes sense. Like, we are diehard crazy, which I love about us about Texas Tech. But I think I think most people are genuinely grateful for the role that Chris Beard after. played. Yeah, yeah, Coach Beard played and and the success. Like, we don't have you without Coach Beard. Right. We're not having this conversation with you without Coach Beard. I am super grateful mm-hmm. for that. You have to be. You have to As be grateful for that. Do I love the way it went down? No. Would I love to tell him off? Absolutely. <laughs> However, we don't have the success. We don't have you. We don't have Reek. We, I, I think most of us are very aware of that. Do we want to admit it out loud? Some don't. But it There's is what it is. There's a aspect to yeah. that, though. I mean... Fans are fans. We're right. fanatics. But... But on the same side of that coin, or the opposite side of that coin, people would do whatever they can for you. That's Texas Tech, right? 
That's, that's our crazy fans. Yeah, they do a lot for me. So, so appreciate it, guys. Uh, you you open the door. We're gonna walk through it. Tell us. Actually, first, let's step back. Coach Adams. Mm-hmm. What was uh, you? You said that he turns you into a defensive player. What was your relationship like with him when you were here? It was a really good relationship, but he coached me hard. He coaches everybody hard. That's how he coaches. And I think, I mean, those are the best coaches, guys, that tell you the truth. You know, and there's a lot of long film sessions in his office with him ripping me and telling me I'm not playing any D and, uh, you know, this isn't going to get me playing time. And, but also teaching me, like, this is what we need out of you. But he challenged me in a way that I um, hadn't been challenged defensively. And when I was at South Dakota, it was – uh, I was challenged by those guys, and those guys are, you know, Coach Smith is now at Utah. I mean, he's one of the, the best basketball minds I've been around. Really, really smart guy. Great coach. And obviously, he's had a ton of – he went to Utah State, went to three straight NCAA tournaments. So I got to play for an awesome coach. But there was – had some some issues, like, with my body that I got fixed before I came to Tech. But there I was like, all right, we want you to score the ball. Yeah. At coming to Texas Tech, it was like – now you need to defend if you're going to play and play a lot. Uh, we want you to score the ball some too, but you need to defend. And so I was really challenged and defensively. And that was Coach Adams who really challenged me. So we had we had a good relationship. I think I, I took the coaching. You know, At that point in my career, it's like, this is all I, I have no choice. I got to take this coaching. Otherwise, I'm not going to play. And I had to suck it up and yeah, you're right. I need to defend. I need to be better. I need to get into the ball. So he just challenged me a lot, and it turned me into a, a much better defender. That seems to be a recurring theme when we ask players about Coach Adams is that he's going to teach you. He's going to have really high expectations of you, and he's going to push you hard, um, which not everybody loves that. I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. you got to be pretty strong, mentally strong, but then if you're going to play D1 Big 12 basketball, you better be pretty mentally strong in order to do that too. So would you be willing to compare and contrast the coaching styles of Coach Adams and Coach Beard? We're asking some of the questions that we know the Guns Up Nation fans want to know. Um, and that's one of the things they want to know. Like what – obviously Coach Adams wasn't the head coach at the time. But right. the, the differences in the coaching styles, in your experience uh, – what would you say those are? Well, I would say their coaching style is is pretty similar because we'd be in film sessions and basically Beard would rip us and then Adams would rip us and they just go back and forth. It's like it's like you have two parents who are both disciplining their kid. Yeah. You know, Beard would get on us and then Adams would get on us. So then it's like, okay, I guess what Beard is saying is true because now Adams is saying the same thing just differently. And these are our two... You know, Beard's the head guy. Adams is the associate head, and or whatever the terms were. I don't. I don't know. But they both. Uh, you know, I think both of their strengths is telling the truth to guys. Now, it a lot of these kids coming up, and even when I was playing too, it's it's not like it's it's much different. But they're just always told how good they are, mm-hmm. and it, I think it creates a, a soft generation of just. 
entitlement and ego and uh i mean even they just showed so much love at a young age that it's hard to be told like you were terrible last night and here's why and you're gonna sit here and listen to me and take this taking that criticism is too much for some of those personalities yeah and and nobody wants to be criticized right so it, it but those guys will tell you the truth i think that's the similarity in their coaching style the difference is it's just in more of the the style of play so um, but both of them t- will tell you the truth and also develop a relationship with you what would you say the the differences in the style of play are if you could unpack that a little more yeah well beards you know i'm not sure i mean i watch him play still but he's big on the motion offense um more catch hold see what's going on um you know a lot of flare screens and uh there's a lot of freedom within the motion but it's more slower it's a little bit slower tempo, and um, but now he's doing more pick and rolls, and uh, you know he's he's adjusting a little bit. But Adams is more, you know, let's let's run, um, let's put guys in the spots that they can be successful in. Um, not as much, not as much motion. More, uh, I don't know. I, I gotta be careful here, but I think a little bit more freedom. Mm-hmm. I'd say, yeah. What do you mean you need to be more careful? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want, I mean, I think, I mean, I think highly of both of them. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, just like. Well, and, and, and Guns Up Nation fans, please here, we're not trying to pressure anybody to say anything negative about anybody, but since you said you got to be careful, I'm so I, curious I, about what that means. It just means I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like, uh, like I don't like beard style of play. Sure. But yeah. I, I, I do like what Adams is doing more, a little bit more freedom and a uh, um, little bit uh, faster pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Atta- what we attacking did, and yeah, a little more attacking a little. It's just a little different. And then, uh, but like I didn't love the motion. I didn't love playing in it, but we had success with it. And there were times where I was like, you know, coach, like. Let me go. Let yeah. me go. Let me. You Green saw light. what I did when I was at South Dakota. This is a different level. I get that, but and we had other guys too. But it, I mean, it worked, man. We almost won a national championship. Yeah. So were there times where they did say, you "Got the green light right now." I can tell you're feeling it. Beard's a, Beard's a guy. He's he's tough to play for um, at first, but once you you know once you can understand and get past, like, all right, I know. I know he's going to get on me no matter what, but I'm going to play through that. Uh, then I think you can, you know, you can thrive. But if, if certain guys can't take that, it's hard to play for him. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like you look at Jarrett. Jarrett did whatever he wanted to do. Yeah. You know, he had the green light, but he had proven himself. And, you know, Beard was going to get on him if he did some, something wrong. But Jarrett was able to just keep playing confidently. Right. And I think we had a number of those guys was like, all right, we're just going to play confidently. We know he's going to coach us hard. And uh, so it worked out. Yeah. This is really insightful. And I, I appreciate you being candid with us. Again, for for everybody listening, and and the the goal here is never to pit one person against another. And I appreciate your your thoughtfulness and your response to that, but also being candid and open with us. I mean, I think, 
you know, the casual fan may not understand the difference in, in a, a, a more free and open style of play versus a motion offense. Like you said, a catch and hold and kind of wait and see what's going on. And, uh, but I, I think the insight into you unpacking that a little bit more is helpful for the fan that maybe doesn't really understand like, well, basketball is basketball. Just get the best players that you can, put them on the court and see what happens. Um, Coaching style does play a role in that and the type of offense that you run. And I I, uh, will be very curious to see because the the offense is shifting this year too, right? With the more Mm -hmm. Golden Golden State style offense, which seems to be even more free and open Mm -hmm. unless I'm misunderstanding how that offense is run. Be very curious to see how that goes. Um, we're, again, because Guns Up Nation, we asked, hey, what do you want us to ask Matt Mooney? Were you surprised at the departure? And then also, were you dispri- the, surprised at Coach Adams being hired on both sides? I was surprised about the departure. Uh, I wasn't su- too surprised about Adams being hired. I was really excited for him. But the departure, I was surprised. I was disappointed. Like, you know, just like Beard was my guy. And I want I want Beard to stay here at Texas Tech. And the fact that he went to Texas in the Big 12, you know, uh, a rival of ours, it was like, man, that, that hurts. But, you know, like I told you guys, Beard's still my guy. Yeah. He's done so much for me, you know, and he still does. He still talks to scouts and – you know, we try to stay in touch. So, but super disappointed when, when he left. Um, but I still love Coach Beard, always will. And then with um, with Coach Adams, after Beard had left and that, that had kind of set in, it was like, all right, he's really going. It was like, okay, um, I really hope Coach Adams get the job because I just love Coach Adams and I loved who he was and how genuine he is. And, you know, felt like, I mean, we don't really know as players, like, would this guy be a great head coach? But we felt like he was basically another head coach on our team. Right. Really smart defensively. Uh, He wasn't really allowed to handle any of the offensive stuff. He was just handling the defense and coached us hard. So it was like, you know, I loved Coach Adams and knew that, uh, you know, he had been around for a while and had a track record of winning and just did a lot for our team behind the scenes that people didn't see. So it was like, yeah, I want to support this guy, and hopefully he gets the job. And so far, he had a great season, man. Sweet yeah. sixteen, and yes, with a with a brand new team. Yeah, yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, and when when you would hear things like Coach Adams is never going to be able to recruit, Mark Adams cannot, he can't recruit. That was all Coach Beard. Adams can't recruit. Did. Were, were you worried about that also, or did you think, uh, he's good? See, I don't know. I wasn't worried about it. Um, but now the NIL stuff changes everything, too. So mm-hmm. it's it, that's a different landscape. But I wasn't worried about it, but I hadn't been around coaching enough to know for sure. But, like, you get a good staff, and I don't really know why people say that. Mm-hmm. I mean – just because he's a little older than the average head coach, or maybe he can't relate to the younger guys, but you know that's that's most coaches. So I think he's he's genuine. He's the real deal, and you know he's we've been getting guys, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Hi, highest rated recruit we've ever had in our history in Elijah yep. Fisher. And I mean, with Jalen and like all those guys, uh, I, this year, what do you think about this year's team? What do you, what do you forecast for those guys? Knowing that we probably on paper have the most talented roster we have ever had in the history of Texas Tech. What, what do you foresee for them? In, in the positive, and then what, what fears do you have for those guys? Yeah, so I've been around a little bit this summer. Uh, I've been in town, uh, you know, once or twice, watched them practice twice. Uh, first time I watched them practice, I was a little skeptical. Second time, I was much more confident that they're going to be, you know, they're going to be legit. I think they have a lot of pieces, uh, a, lot of, a lot more skill. Um, they got some shooters and it just takes time with the new guys because you don't know who your leader is and who the alpha, who's the alpha, who's our guy that we're going to rely on down the stretch, you know, one or two guys that are going to make those plays. But, you know, O'Banner's coming back and he's been around for a while and he's proven and got some transfers that are, that have proven themselves before. I really like the point guard Davion Harmon. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's he's tough. Uh, Fardaz, Ooh, Daz. Bacho, Bacho. Oh yeah, he's, Bacho's impressive. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, man, we're hearing incredible things about Bacho right yeah. now. Incredible things about that guy. Yeah, as you should. Bacho's the real deal. So, I think a lot of scouts are taking notice of Bacho. So, I think yep. you know he'll have a big year. Um, yeah, they got a lot of pieces, man. A lot of pieces. Hopefully, this uh, Jalen transferred mm-hmm. in. We'll play a big role, and uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to say so early, but I think they got pieces to make some make some happen. Well, and so much of it is the team chemistry, like y'all had, right? right? I mean, it's not necessarily always having the most talented team, but that that chemistry is a big part of that, right? I mean, oh, that's everything. Yeah. I mean, it's not everything, but it's. I think it's probably most important. Yeah. Because, yeah, without the chemistry, it just you know, it shatters and, individuals that right. It's a team game. Yeah. So we weren't the most talented, but yeah. we had a lot of success because of that. I don't know. Y'all are pretty dang talented. <laughs> y'all are pretty dang talented. Maybe not on paper. That, How many draft picks though? You know, we had one. Yeah. I think right. a lot of that was right. that chemistry though. Yeah. That, that talent came from a team chemistry. Yeah. I, I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. You look at that in any sport, any era. Yeah. You know, any championship team, they're going to have chemistry. Yeah. You got to have guys that are able to get on each other and, and take it. And, uh, you know, we had that. We totally had that because we, we loved each other off the court. So, but it can't be fake. Right. You know, it's got to be genuine. You know, a lot of coaches, like, can try to push you guys to you, you, you guys to get along and do stuff off the court, but. It's got to be genuine, and I think you get genuine chemistry when you recruit good dudes. Mm-hmm. So you didn't. We didn't get the five stars. Good character, and not that those guys aren't good dudes. Some some of them are. Some of them aren't. Yeah. But we had a lot of good dudes who wanted to win. So it's about being coachable and just having that drive, right? I mean, that's kind of the Texas Tech mentality, is right. And I will give a lot of that credit to. Uh, to Jarrett, um, because he was our, he was our, you know, our stud, our star, and he wasn't, 
he wasn't cocky. He was right. humble. And, and he's from Lubbock. He's homegrown. Right. Well, and faith so plays such a huge role in his yeah. life, too. And Yeah. And then our other guy, I mean, Moretti was big time, and he's from Italy, and he's, mm-hmm. he's the man over there, and he came in and took a role. And, uh, you know, Brandon Francis even, and, and Tariq. Yeah. Like, you know, these guys, we just wanted to win. So mm-hmm. we didn't care who got the credit. We were just going to win. And then, um, you know, with – I heard this a long time ago. With team success comes individual success. Yeah. So, you know, we could have lost first round of the tournament. Nobody, Jarrett probably doesn't get picked as high. Mm-hmm. Me and Tariq don't get opportunities. Other other guys don't get opportunities overseas and um, to make good money. Yeah. But when you win like that, everybody gets opportunities. Yeah, get that spotlight. Well, and it seems like so many of of the recent Texas Tech guys, the dudes, whether you're talking about the Elite Eight team or your crew in the national championship last year's Sweet 16 run, they all, I mean, I think of Norris, I think of you, I think of Reek, I think all the guys who still have such a passion for Texas Tech and who still love this community, um, it's, you say it's got to be authentic, it's got to be real, it's got to be genuine, it can't be forced there seems to be such a solid foundation, a recent foundation of you guys. I mean, even going back to like Justin Gray's team and Keenan Evans and those guys, like that wasn't that long ago, but it is kind of a long time ago now at that point too. Yeah. But y'all are all still such solid rocks for Texas Tech basketball now that that foundation seems to be authentic, seems to be genuine. Like you said, I mean, Adonis coming in and using the word organic all the time, talking about how close that team was and, and Bryson mentioning that and, and Marcus, like so many seem to be stacking on top of the foundation that your crew built of real and genuine and authentic. Do you see that? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I get along great with the guys that are on the team right now. And like if I mean it, it feels great. You know, it seems like I feel a sense of respect from those guys, which is like, hey guys, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't need that. I played here whenever, and yeah. But they they have a you know a respect level, and I, I appreciate that. And you know, we talk, and uh, you know, they're just down to earth. Seem pretty humble, like humble dudes. And it's not easy to be humble when you're playing big time ball, and you know, get a lot of support from the community. But uh, that's something that I know Coach Adams preaches and the staff preaches. I love the, I love the staff he's got. So, yeah, it's just I think there's this there's a culture here of um, and Coach Beard started it too, just of yeah. of humility and mm-hmm. chemistry and yeah. high character guys. Yeah. So we we sent a post out on Twitter saying, "Hey, what questions do you have?" Mike has those questions. We've answered some of them, but the ones that we haven't, uh, let's ask and give shout-outs to those folks. All right, so uh, Kobe asked a question. You've already been asked, so we'll skip that, but shout-out to Kobe. Kobe uh, Moat. Kobe, Kobe Moat the goat. <laughs> <laughs> he's our graphical designer, so he's, okay. he's our dude. He's the, he's the guy. He's the he man. Uh, Jacob Wallace asks, uh, what was your favorite thing about Lubbock, or what is your favorite thing about Lubbock? Yeah, it's pretty cliche, but it's the people. It's just the relationships I've built here. Right. Uh, I just, every time I come back to town, I got somewhere to stay. 
I could stay with a friend or, you know, whoever. And yeah. uh, got a lot of great role models here and great friends. Yeah. Uh, let's see. T.W. Hester asks, what were some interpersonal things that started to click really well after the Arkansas game? From the outside, that game changed everything. Wow, this guy's good memory. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Hester. That's good. Uh, so, actually, after that Arkansas game, I believe we, we went on a nine-game win streak in the conference. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we lost to Kansas and then had the nine-game win streak. But – we got out of that losing streak, that three-game losing streak, and we actually had a, a team players-only meeting uh, right after that, and we just kind of talked through some stuff that you know we needed to talk through and just get get out, put on the table, and everybody talk about all right, what's what's their frustrations, and you know how can we each play our best, and so that really helped us a lot, I think, just putting things out there yeah. in the open like that with each other. Just the players. Was there any conversation in that that you could share with us? Uh, you know, I think we were all kind of trying to be individuals, and all of us were trying to think, like, all right, I want to be a pro. We all want to be pros. And we realized, like, hey, we need to just trust each other a little bit more out there, play for each other. The wins will come, and the attention will, you know, the exposure will come if we do that. So it was more along those lines and it was just, um, you know, like coach beard coached us hard. So it was like, Hey, we know coach is going to coach us hard. Like, Hey, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. And they say they trust me. And it's like, let's go play our game regardless of how we're coached. And it worked. Worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kyle Alvey says, uh, which high school basketball players that you're working with are Texas tech recruiting? Uh, none, none. I'm working with, uh, I don't work with a ton of guys. I just started working with some guys in my area through my foundation. Um, but I was, I was working with, so I work out with Zach Boster out in Chicago and he's really good. Just really, just really good at teaching new things and helping you get better at what you need to not wasting time, not wasting reps, just purposeful reps and he was working with this guy, Cam Craft, who's this guy's the next Larry Bird. He's going to Xavier, Cam Craft. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's really good. So Texas Tech was recruiting him a little bit. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think they might have offered another guy, Zach works with James Brown, this big guy from Chicago, mm-hmm. who's really good. So hopefully they can they can land him. But – Zach works out with a lot of high-level guys in, in Chicago. He's kind of built up a reputation, and uh, he's like a brother to me. So I'm hoping they can land some Chicago guys because yeah. there's a lot of talent Maybe out there. Connection. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, Weatherby asks, uh, in your mind, what was the most memorable bucket of your Tech career and what was the most impressive game you saw by any of your Tech teammates? So for me, I, th- I think I touched on it earlier, just that Michigan State game, yeah. that deep three, that was that was special. Uh, impressive game by a teammate. I would say two of them. I'd say Tariq, when we played Miami earlier in the season, we were playing horrible, every one of us. And Tariq just kind of took over that game for us, blocked shots, did everything mm-hmm. we needed, offensive boards, and kind of won us that game. 
And then, or we were playing Memphis in Miami, sorry. Uh, and then I would say Culver at Iowa State, uh, last regular season game. Yeah. Where, and I'll never forget the first possession of the game, he turned it over. Uh, Wheeler Babb stripped it from him. Yeah. And like, we got to win this game to win the conference. So, and Beard just looks at him and is like, you know, this is something Beard would always say. He said, the moment's too big for you. He said, the moment's too big for you, huh, Jarrett? The moment's oh, too big for you. man. He's trying to get in his head a little bit. You know, that, that type of, yeah. that's what Beard was great at, the motivation. Yep. Uh, that's what he would say to us. And uh, Jarrett's like, you know, he's calm as, as ever. He's, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. And then he had like 30 that game. Mm-hmm. And like, went off. He went off. I was impressed by that. That's a good. That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Robert Powell asks, "What are the different?" He's got four questions here. So, or, <laughs> Come on, Robert. Cheating <laughs> the system here. Uh, what are the differences in Adams and Beers' coaching style? Yeah, I think you already touched on that a little bit. So, uh, yep. favorite memories of your time in Lubbock off the court. Favorite memories off the court. Well, or memory maybe. Uh I will say after the final four, it was pretty crazy coming back here. You think? And uh, yeah, we went out a little bit. We had some yeah. fun. Um, soaked it in. We yeah, we we soaked it in. It was actually to the point where it's like, okay, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I was, still got to play basketball. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is fun, but I I left. Yeah, I think I was up. the first one to leave because I went to Phoenix to start working out. Yeah, and getting ready for. You know, like, yeah, I did, we had a great year and all that, but it doesn't mean anything if I'm just going to stay here. Right, and, right. Yeah. But we were, I mean, yeah, it was it was fun after the Final Four. We yeah. had some good times together. Uh, how often does the national championship game come up in your daily life? Uh, not too often. I mean, when I come down here, definitely more often. Yeah. But for a long time, it was something I thought about. Like, I'd have dreams about it, and I'd be – having regrets like wishing I would done things differently been more assertive but you know the sun comes up the next day and Mm -hmm. life goes on so uh yeah I just appreciate getting there and try to learn from learn from it yeah all right and the final question uh how how many cacti do you own (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you're aware I'm I'm aware I'm aware yeah that's (laughs) I own none, but I'll get one. Yeah, I'll time. put it if I yeah. get a house down here and Airbnb it. Yeah, get some cacti in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a cactus garden, maybe. If if you, you know, you mentioned the gypsy house down here in Lubbock. If you get you an Airbnb, we gotta call it the Mooney House or something. Like people gotta know. Right. You can upcharge them a little bit because you're staying at Matt Mooney's place. We're already thinking about. It. We're gonna call it the Mooney Man. Man uh, well, hang on, I gotta pronounce this right. The Mooney Manor. Mooney Manor, I like it. I was gonna say Manor, but that's it. It's gonna have tech thing. I'm gonna get some jerseys, get some jerseys in there. Yeah, some memorabilia. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Moon Swag still a thing? Is that? It's (laughs) that's uh, it is. It is still a thing. I changed my handle on Twitter and Instagram because I'm asking because my brother told me I need to be more professional (laughs) with uh, some other stuff I got going on. Yeah. Yeah, but actually, my girlfriend. She doesn't think she's like nobody calls you that. Nobody. I'm like, yeah, they do. They actually, yeah, they, people call is, me that. I still I think like, about that with you. I still right, think cool. Moonswag. I feel like so. if there was some Moonswag merch, like that would be a thing. Like you could. 
I don't you know. I don't know stuff. if anybody would buy that. Oh, maybe no. five, ten people. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe well, we can help. Why don't, help why don't we co-brand a little something yeah. and see how it goes? You want to test the market and see? You're a business guy. <laughs> Let's A/B test it and see. Uh, sure, sure. I'm a business guy, <laughs> but I don't know. I, <laughs> He's not super confident there. <laughs> well, yeah. You are a part of the only national championship game team that Texas Tech basketball has ever had. So. And in fact, on the memorabilia note, can we do this live on camera so people see that? I I almost had to turn, (laughs) but did you see how quickly I regained it? Uh, So people know this is real. So we're going to do a couple of signed Matt Mooney basketballs. One, we're just going to give away through Guns Up Nation. The other, we're going to um, auction off to raise money for your foundation that you talked about. So we're going to make sure that we sign these live on camera so you all know this is not some printed thing on some site, but Matt Mooney is actually signing this. Do you have a doctor's signature where we have no idea what it says? Let's see. <laughs> you got the MM. You got the MM. Pretty much. I see the MM, but that's okay. That means that's more respectable that way. Like if we can actually Probably read it. Probably better than mine. So. <laughs> so there we go. We'll zoom in on that. This is legit. So we'll do, uh, we'll give one away, and then the other will auction off. Yep. For cause for uh, for your foundation that we touch base on. Really appreciate that, guys. Thank you, Matt. What if you could give a word to Red Raider Nation to wrap up here? What would it be? Yeah, my word to Red Raider Nation would just be thank you. Like I appreciate this community so much, and um. You know, obviously my faith's really important to me and I get a lot of, you know, nowadays there's a lot of hate out there for standing up for what you believe in, but this community really supports me and and uh, even those who don't, like I just like to have conversation. Yeah. I think it's okay to disagree on, on things and uh, I just appreciate the love and the support and um, the relationships here from Red Raider Nation. So appreciate it, guys. Matt, you're straightforwardness in this conversation was fun and and the insight I think that that you gave us to some inner workings of how the team ran is is uh, very powerful and I'm I think I can speak for Mike on this I'm super grateful for your willingness to come on and hang out with us and definitely Guns Up Nation I, I think uh, this is a gold interview here a gold conversation interview it's not even an interview like we're not journalists here we're just chatting so thanks for letting us have a conversation with you man and uh so if i hear you correctly it sounds like you're saying that you'll you'll put us up in your apartment in germany if we fly out to watch you did i hear that right he did say that yeah you heard that right okay you heard that right come on all right so somebody Red Raider. Well, we on, we need on. to vet you a little I bit. Need to know, you need to vet some some people. <laughs> we'll we'll go through forewarn and make sure that there's nothing wrong with these people. But assuming there's no. Oh, back, I thought it was gonna be us. Oh man. Oh well, well, yeah, yeah. You course. guys are cool yeah. now. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, we're good. Man. Yeah, we're in. We're in. Okay, cool. Matt, seriously, man, thank you. Thanks for opening up. Yeah. Um and and being real with us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. This is the Guns Up Nation podcast. See you on the next one.